Divorce is not an option podcast. Thanks for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast so you can be automatically alerted when we produce a new episode on iTunes, Spreaker.com, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Tell a friend and repost and retweet this podcast for us. Okay, so today we're kind of all over the place. Um, We're going to respond to some of the love capacity questions. Uh, You're laughing because I'm always all over the place. I announced that like... (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't need to even announce that. Just keep it moving. So we're going to do some love capacity questions. We're going to talk about an article on StephenJamesDixon.com called Stupid Questions That Men Ask Women. And then we'll end up on the relationship couch. Okay, so we got a packed schedule. Um, First, let's start with Deja, who has a question that I'll read for you guys. Um, Good morning, Mr. Dixon. I took this test two years ago and still scored the same thing. Four, afraid. I haven't been in a relationship for almost four years. I've currently been seeing someone the last eight months and trying to let my guard down. I see the both of us holding back because of past relationships. I want to let my guard down, but I'm too afraid of being hurt. Could you please give any advice? Okay. So one of the things I do with love capacity, <laughs> it's good that you start off with that kind of question, really, mm-hmm. is that people don't always get how a score is really them. Like I have to, people have to take the test and it, it's like, I, every day someone's emailing me saying, I'm not really this. And then I talk to them and then they say, oh, that's what well, you yeah. mean. I mean, again, it goes back to what we were talking about before with self-awareness and self-evaluation. That's just not something that's easy to pe- or that always comes naturally. And two, nobody wants to be told that they're anything less than a 10. Exactly. So, and I'm hurting, I'm stepping on all those toes. So, and the thing, so, so the first thing I see when, in her response was, I want to let my guard down, but I'm too afraid of being hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you go back, she says she's a, a, a four, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's afraid. And if you can acknowledge where you are and trying to let your guard down, then it's a process then of working through the things that you're not good at. And, yeah. I think, I mean, I I would give her credit because I think Deja actually says, um, you know, she recognizes that she's afraid and that she's having a hard time letting her guard down. But it's funny because I feel like she had an expectation of, I was a four, four years ago. I need to be an eight by now. Right. And the point is, if you haven't let your guard down, then you haven't improved. Right. And and you can't feel the, the you can't. So love capacity, again, is about your capacity to love or your depth. If you think about it as a gallon. Right. So if you have a gallon and your gallon is on 40 percent versus 100 percent. So you have 40 percent. I'm equating that to four. So it's going to stay at 40 percent until you heal your broken heart and forgive who hurt you. So then you can be willing and available to have more in your gallon to be able to pour out on somebody else. Mm. And so it's about healing and forgiveness. So often people forgive, but they don't heal. If you forgive without healing, then you'll end up having to forgive again because you're still broken. So you have to heal. Healing is important. Healing is an active state. Most people don't even really know how to heal themselves. Well, a lot of people don't even know what healing is. Right. How do you get there? How do you do it? You know, if there was was a a set direction on how to get to healing, everybody would go. Okay. So what we do on healing, this is what I teach in healing. Healing, I call, I made this up. 
It's cool though. It's got. It's got. I made up everything really. I don't have to. I don't have to make that that yes, announcement. Yes, we know. <laughs> Healing. I call it an active state. Active. Like you have to be active. You have to be involved. You have to be on it. It is you all day doing something. So active means I'm in the mirror and I'm telling myself I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I'm okay. It wasn't my fault. I can do something better. You know what I mean? Self-esteem, self-awareness, self-control. It's you saying to yourself, I want to love again. I am willing to take that risk again. Yes. My uh, women's group at church is actually reading a book called Healing is a Choice by, um, I think it's Stephen Arterburn something like that, but, um, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So one of the things that he points out is that healing is a daily decision. Like the book says healing is a choice. So you may feel a certain amount of pain depending on whatever it is that you're healing from for an extended period of time, but you choose continually to heal. Exactly. And I, and I compare it to like, um, see, this is emotional healing, so we can't see it, you know, so we don't we don't know what's going on with it. But when you're doing physical healing, for example, you have a surgery, you have a knee operation. Now you have to walk and you know you have to walk. You accept the fact that I have to walk and it's going to hurt and I have to stretch, you know, my muscles and, you know, the bruise. I have to get blood flowing through and things like that. I have to walk and then I'm going to walk for a little bit and then I'm going to run and then I'm going to run harder and then my leg will get strong again over time. Mm-hmm. Well, the heart is also a muscle. And it also needs to work and it also needs to have blood flowing through it and all those same things. And so people don't look at it like, so I try to be clear in saying that it's not enough to forgive. Healing is equally important. And what's unique about it is sometimes you have to do the healing first and then forgive second. And then sometimes you have to forgive first and then do the healing second. And I can never tell a person that up front. It comes from me just sitting with them and talking to them about how their life occurred. It depends on your experiences, your observations. You, I don't know which one, but make sure you're doing both if you have that problem. Okay, great. So our advice to Deja is to focus on healing. Um, so next we have Shay. And Shay did not like her score. She put a little devil emoji, like an angry emoji at the end. So she's serious. And she says, I do remember taking this test before, but the description seems to be off or I haven't gotten any better. Is it possible to get the score from the last time that I took, took it? Because I scored a seven this time and I was a little miffed at the description of trying to control love. No passion. And she said that in caps. No passion? Really? <laughs> Um, I'm looking back at my past relationships. I can see I was qu- and was quite aware that I might not have shown them how much I cared. So maybe that could be a lack of passion. And unless you lump reading too many books on relationships, etc., as a matter of trying to control them, then I guess I am guilty as charged. I am confident that this time I will trust my instincts more, but I am still annoyed at this score. <laughs> I get again, like I was saying, I get stuff like this all the time where people actually give me the evidence that their score is real <laughs> in the actual email. Did, did you pick it out while you were reading it? Yes, she really did. Chase said she is a 10 and you need to recognize. Right, right. And so she's saying, okay, you got to remember too, seven is a friend. Right. That is the label for someone that scores a, scores a seven. And so if you are a friend, that automatically means that you're not loving with passion. You love as a friend. Eight is love. Right. And so what's funny about these kind of emails I get now, I mean, funny, playfully, is she's saying in the email that um, I look back at my past relationships and I can see that I was quite aware that I might not have shown them how much I cared. 
Yep. That means you're a friend. <laughs> <laughs> right? You get what I'm saying? Like lack of passion in parentheses. So like right? she knows. She right. recognized she's just not happy with it. Right. You didn't show them you care and you had a lack of, lack of passion, but you're not a friend. You're something right. else. Like, right. you know, and again, when I say a friend, I mean like love capacity had to give you levels of love. So you, you go on up the scale on how you love, how well you love, how much you know about love, how accountable you are for love. And so I'm saying uh, at, at a score of seven, which is a great score, right? I think it's a great score yeah, as a seven. You love as a friend, like, like I got some really good friends. I love them. I love, you know, but I'm not like in love with them because a lover is in love with them. And then from lover uh, to nine is a fiance and 10 is a spouse. So we got to work our way up to that. And then another thing I want, um, what was it Shay? People like Shay to do is to not focus on the score, focus on how do we increase our score. But you know, that's kind of how we're wired, especially overachievers. Everybody wants a high score. But, I mean, <laughs> They're not getting it. <laughs> so have you ever had anybody who got a one? You know what? One time I had a woman uh, who scored a one. Let me tell you her I story. She's going, she, she, cause, oh, you're right. Cause there's <laughs> definitely more, more men that score ones. <laughs> no, no, actually, that's not true either. That's not true either. Uh, I'll tell you that part too. Um, with the woman, what happened was she said, I've been married for 25 years. I know 30 years. I have three boys. Um, all three of my boys are married, successfully married college graduates, all that, basically painted this whole picture of basically her life being perfect. So there's no way that she could be a one and a one is self-centered. Yeah. And so I said, Oh, so I couldn't say anything. I was like, you know what? You know, um, I'm only about 90% accurate on the quiz for listeners. I only about 90%, meaning that of the feedback I get nine out of 10 times, people either agree with me initially or agree with me after we've had a session to talk about, you know, their experiences and their life and their relationships and how to apply the score and the title and description to who they really are. And so she, I said, you may be the one that I'm wrong about or the quiz is wrong about. Cause it's not me. It's the quiz. It's numbers. Right? I'm not, I'm not behind there. With a pencil. Had 30 years worth of marriage. Exactly. So I said, but do this for me. I said, have your husband take the quiz. Let me see his quiz score. Next day. She calls me back. Mr. Dixon, I apologize. I'm self-centered. My husband scored a nine. He makes our marriage work. Oh, wow. And he pointed this out. And he's ready to talk to you now. Oh, wow. And he got on the phone and he said, she's self-centered. And I'm okay with that. I know who she is. She's been like that the whole time. I love that woman. We have a great life. And 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 she and self centered to her was that to them was that 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 woman runs the household. You know, everything, you know what I'm saying? But in the, in the process of her running the household, she cooked, she cleaned, she took care of everybody and all that kind of stuff. But she ran the household. Everybody be quiet. So everybody do what they do. So nobody really got an option, but everybody was happy with the, the, the process. I mean, like, this is what goes back to me saying that I can't tell you you have a bad marriage because you're a one. It's all like if you're a one and the other person is a one and both of y'all are self-centered, but y'all understand each other. You understand the, why he understood her. And he was okay with it. He accepted her the way she was. He didn't need no old school man. He just want to go to work, come home at dinner all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they had been married 30 years. Right? He's 65 years old. They've been married 30 years. He's like, you know, I don't, I, he not all into all the, the other complicated parts of life. He want to go to work. 
take his lunch every day. She made his lunch every day. He came home. There was dinner on the plate. Hey, baby, kiss you. You know what I'm saying? Smack you on the bottom. And they sit back and watch Cowboy or Western or something together. You know what I'm saying? Old school. Not as complicated as the stuff we got these days. Okay. Well, I guess that works for them. For them. (laughs) (laughs) So now, um, tell me a story about somebody who was adamantly against their score. I remember I was in um, New York and I was on um, CBS New York and um, oh the funny I can tell you a backstory that when I was about to get on CBS New York what happened was I flew into Philly I had to do some radio and a book uh, thing whatever in Philly and uh, it was late but then I had to drive to New York that that night. And so me and my wife got to New York probably like two o'clock in the morning. And then uh, the car service was coming to pick us up at five o'clock in the morning. So we flown across ta- across the country, did a show, did a book signing, stayed up all night, got to the hotel. We got three hours. Right. And I'm beat. I'm worn out. I'm at CBS New York, biggest station in the country in terms of, you know, local. Right. CBS New- is New York. Um, and so I'm sitting there. And I'm done. Like I'm, I'm sleep. My wife is one of those people, like, I don't know what's wrong with her. She don't need sleep. Like, I mean, she needed, but she can go. You wouldn't tell that she needs sleep. Um, but I'm like, oh, I'm done. And she looking at me like, this whole thing we built is over. She's like, when he get on live TV in the biggest market in the country, he going to say something go, and fall asleep. <laughs> like, the camera, camera going to cut away from him, come back. He's going to be laid out, slobbing on the side of the couch. And I was really trying to pull something deep, but I was done. What happens is when I talk like I'm doing now, I'll be exhausted. Like after the podcast, I'll be exhausted. I got to go sit down somewhere because I'll be so hyped up to kind of, you know, just talk, you know. And so I was just worn out. And luckily, you know, how God blesses me and moves me. He just, as soon as they say action, I was ready and I went. And so had a great show on CBS New York. Afterwards, the producer was like, hey, my score is wrong. I'm a five. (laughs) And, and I was like, okay, and you wrong, right? And and so she was adamant. She was like, no, I'm wrong. No, and she was like a single woman. Well, she was she was in a long distance relationship. And I had to talk to her and talk to her for like 20 minutes while I was dead tired. For I finally figured out you're a chameleon. A five is a chameleon, meaning you change how you are or who you are depending on who you date. And that's easy and to so do when they're not city. in the same city with you all the time. Exactly. And so I gave out, she would have to tell me things. This is what I have to do when people don't agree with the score. They have to tell me about the relationship and then I have to pick apart the relationship to tell them how we arrived at the school. Her biggest part was she had no ability to hold him accountable and would change how she would do a relationship based on him being unwilling to be accountable. And so we'll be, it would be, we would go back and forth. Like she would say, well, I told him to call me every day and he doesn't, but you stay. Right. So if she stays, she's changing what she needs out of a relationship in order for the relationship. So how to work. was she arguing that she was not a chameleon? Because she didn't look at it like that. She felt like she was just a straight shooter. And, you know, we have a great relationship and it's going well. And literally after talking, like I said, about 20, 30 minutes, she was like, you're right. I'm sorry. I do change too much. How and do it was you have just, a great people don't really know. relationship and you don't even talk every day. And and so and so she because she wanted and, and let me explain it like this too. They have a good relationship, um, but it's just that it's not progressing 
and she couldn't hold him accountable enough to progress the relationship. The way you pro- progress the relationship is you got to spend quality yeah. time together. Another thing to my couples that are in a long distance relationship, if you don't know when you're going to see each other again, I don't respect your relationship. <laughs> Just straight up. Like, I start off with that. With couples like who, yeah, I live in New York. She live in Chicago. And I say, okay, first thing, I'm, you know, when are y'all going to see each other again? Well, we don't know. We trying to figure that out. I don't respect your relationship. I don't respect you. have it. a plan. You're supposed to know. I got to have a plan. You got to want to see each other so bad that you know when. Like, I, I got to wait till the 15th. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we don't see each other. You know, you got to know that. And if, and if you don't know that, I don't respect your relationship. And I was able to see that about her relationship. By the time I left New York, man, she was crying. Uh, it was two women that were pregnant that were fours. You can see that. I, I had to post that video. Because even, I think, all three of the co-hosts did not like their scores. And so, but it was like, like the guy, for example, or the co-host was afraid. But he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, he wasn't in a relationship. But he didn't want to be afraid. Like you said, you just mad at school. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's now let's let's get to the article now. Um so the title Stupid Questions That Men Ask Women and let me discla- use a disclaimer, this is Steven's title, it's not my title, but again, stupid questions that men ask women. <laughs> you say I didn't when I wrote the title, I didn't think you was gonna be saying the title <laughs> like that. Just, just stupid. <laughs> just. Man. So what led you to this title? Um, I just really wanted clarity in the responsibility of relationships being on my men. Like I really want, my principle is that all marriages, all relationships are successful or they fail based solely on the leadership of the man. Okay. Okay. That's real. Let me, yes. let me say it. Let me say it again. Let me say it again for people who like, like for people who like, no, he didn't say that. Like I, I, I didn't get that. Get your pants out, get your pants out, whatever you got to do. All marriages all relationships, like in terms of their serious relationship or, you know, you, we try to get toward marriage. I'm grouping them together. Are either successful or they fail based solely on the leadership of the man. Mm, okay. Women love it. Right. But that doesn't mean women doesn't ruin relationships. I'm not letting women off the yeah, hook. I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm messing it up now. <laughs> The thing that people don't know is the number one thing that you see on divorce decrees is something called irreconcilable differences, mm-hmm. which basically means nobody took relation, nobody took responsibility for the marriage, right? That just means like you know what we don't like each other, we out that deuces, right? That's what that means. And so what I'm trying to do is eliminate that response on the divorce decree, and I want to change it to the man was not a good leader. Mm. Period. Okay. And I compare my men, I compare my men in relationships and marriage to the coach of the football team. I compare my husband in relationships and marriage to, you know, the CEO of the company. I compare my husbands to the president of the United States. Like ultimately there's one leader that's responsible for every unit, organization, company, team, marriage. There's one person that should be held responsible. Buck stops there. All right. Buck stops here. So my, my, my then was moving into, okay, so it's stupid. Oh, you know what? Let's just let okay. you do it first right. and so, then so, go from there. And I give it As you were saying, let's go to the first stupid question that men ask women. And it is, <laughs> drum roll, please. Hey. Oh, I forgot about, my bad. I forgot. Hold on. Seriously? I thought we were supposed to have like, like actual sounds. Uh-huh. How was that? 
Uh uh-uh, uh, that was horrible. Okay, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to work on the budget. Um, so the first question is Do you want a divorce? Men that ask this question are cowards. And these are the words of Stephen James Dixon. Um, first of all, I teach all couples that divorce is not an option. Get that off your mind. What you are doing when you ask a woman if she wants a divorce is placing the leadership of the relationship into her hands. A man should demonstrate leadership at all times. There are no breaks. Be a man all day, every day. Be a leader all day, every day. What's your response to that, Stephen? Yeah, um, when I wrote that and when I was thinking that part through, it was for me sitting every day in relationship coaching and seeing men turn to women and say, what do you want to do? <laughs> and then the, <laughs> you know, and then the woman looking back and saying, "What do you want to do?" You know, and it, and I and I found it consistent that for the most part, women would do whatever the man wanted to do. And that's something you get that like like if the man said, "I want to work hard and save our marriage," the woman would be like, "You know what? Let's do it. I'm with it. What we got to do? Where I sign up." But if the man said, I don't know, I'm not feeling it, I'm ready to check out, woman was like, hell with you then. We can do this thing right now. But I mean, for real, <laughs> you say, I don't want you no more, who gonna say, but I want you? In marriage, that's what I want you to say. In marriage, that's what you should do. If it's one person, I had this session today, I had two sessions with men today. In my first session with a man today, I said to them, I said, if there's one person willing to try, we're gonna save a marriage. One. Just one. Just we, we should always be willing to stay. Just as long as long as as long as my wife is willing to try and get better at becoming a wife, I'm going to stay. Like this is marriage. You don't get to just leave because you're unhappy. And so I want men to decide what they want to do with the divorce. I want men to say we're not getting a divorce. And I've told my wife that playfully, everywhere, all kind of ways. Like, hey, honey, I just walk in sometimes. Hey, boo. Uh, by the way, we ain't never getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like wow. I'm just never doing it. And if my wife came to me, and I've been there early in my marriage when I was wild and crazy, I, I hate telling stories about early in the marriage because really, now that I do writing and TV, people think I'm perfect, and they think I've been perfect the whole time. I've only been perfect for like, you know, the last the, these last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? But before that, I got served some papers. The wife was like, "Hey, I, I printed out the divorce paper in Texas. You can just print them offline, like the divorce papers." And I was like, "Woman, well, I ain't signing no papers." Yeah. I look right at it. Like, I ain't signing no papers. Throw that in the fireplace. I ain't doing that with you. You, you ain't that mad. Get out of here with that. I'm like, I'm never getting a divorce. We're ne- we're, I don't believe divorce is not an option. <gasps> That's the name of the podcast. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the next question is, what do you want from me? The first thing a man has to do is offer his best, not what is convenient, not what is easy or comfortable to do. Offer your best. Offer what God has given you to give her. Your best will be more than what she would ask for. Now that is real. Yeah, just I, again, just sitting and talking with men and just looking at them and 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 watching them try to find the bare minimum that mm. they can do. But I think that's like, I <laughs> that's think that's just was. like just male. Like that's just how men are. Like. Like, in general, a man is going to go for the path of least resistance. Like, I mean, just, you know, if this is going to cause an argument going right, I'm going left. If, you know, I mean, just just to avoid things, to avoid issues, to avoid hardship, you know, which, I mean, is is reasonable, but it's not right all the time. 
Yeah, I would, I would tell a man, okay, man, you got to take your woman out. He'd be like, man, I took her out. Yeah, one time. And then he like, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Man, send your woman flowers sometimes. I, I send her flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why she didn't right? change? <laughs> and so I was just like, no, nah, man, this is a competition. Mm. And I start just traveling the country and telling men that I'm a better husband than you are. And you know what happened when I would say that to men all across the country, I'm a better husband than you are? You know what would happen? They want to compete. No. no. They would just be like, all right. Wow. Uh, okay, probably. Maybe. You know, and I found the one thing that men were not competing on. Wow. That's it. And so, because I can't tell a man I'm a better father than you are. Think about that. I can't tell a man that I'm a better father than you are. Not a real man. I'm a, yeah. it's some, you know, yeah. deadbeats. Of course, they don't care. But a man who is a father, if I walk up to any man who is a father who go and do school homework and all that, I'm not going to say, I'm a, if I say I'm a better father than you are, they're going to look at me like, I don't know. Let me, I need to see your credentials. I need to see a <laughs> reference or something. But I travel the country saying I'm a better husband than you are, and men would kind of be like, mm, ah, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, you would just see it. Like, they couldn't sell it. They couldn't fight it. But if I say the Cowboys are better than the Redskins, no, they're not. They ain't not when I'm in D.C., right? No, they're not. When I'm in L.A., the match is going to beat, what? <laughs> when I'm in L.A., the, the Mavs going to beat the Lakers. You crazy. Mavs ain't beating no Lakers. Like, I got to argue over that. If I'm a doctor, I want to be a better doctor, a lawyer, better lawyer, rappers, you know, whatever. Everybody's in competition for all things except how great a husband or how great a wife you are. It's not what we're taught. We don't wear it as a badge of honor. We don't look at it as, and I, and I intentionally do it. I, I, I have barbecues at the crib, and I got a T-shirt that says, I love my wife, and I wait to wear it for when the barbecue comes. Mm. I'm doing it on purpose. I'm crushing <laughs> dudes. So dudes come in like, man, you're killing me with the T-shirt. The wife, I'm like, why you ain't got no T-shirt on? I'm like, that's exactly what I want her to do. I want your wife to look at you and say, I wish you had a T-shirt like him. His wife is lucky. It's, I'm crushed, it's competition to me. Like, I want to be the best husband in the entire world. I... I I want, I want, I want when my wife is at dinner with Michelle Obama and Michelle Obama stand up and say, I have the best husband in the world. I want my wife to smack her in the mouth. Like Michelle, you know better than that. Sit on down. My husband way better than some dude that was president. Being president don't mean he's your husband. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Obviously, Bill Clinton, you know what I'm saying? My wife dropped the mic, you know what I mean? But in order for her to do that, well, in order for her to feel like that, in order for her to smack Michelle in the mouth and push her down and take the mic, I have to be the best husband in the world. So that's the competition. Okay. Okay. So next question. How can we work things out and meet halfway? Men should talk with a more direct tone. We are going to work things out. Sometimes in relationships, the woman wants what she wants. Sometimes she won't budge because she hasn't seen consistency in you. She is only going to meet you halfway if she knows that you can take the relationship the rest of the way. Tell that woman that you are going to meet her halfway and that together you two will figure out where that is. Actually, I had this come up um, just last week when I was talking about leadership at the church. And um, a man said to me, my woman does not follow me. And I said to him, I said, <laughs> I said to him that no one follows someone that's not leading. Like, how do you know she's not following you? You know, like if you compare it to like you're in the trenches in the middle of Iraq or Afghanistan and you say charge, but then you turn around and see people following you, you shot in the back of your head. 
<laughs> and so you have to lead. Just lead, you know, just lead. And if you're doing it right, if you are consistent with your leadership, I believe that woman naturally, innately follows when she can trust your leadership. So woman got to see you being a leader. Like, okay, all right, I'm watching you. And then you got to be consistent. Okay, I'll watch you. And then she will naturally submit unto your your leadership and follow you. But you got to be a leader first. And too many men want to like lead a little bit. And then she follow a little bit. Or, and then lead a little bit. Just like what you were saying, <laughs> just like announce, I'm a leader. But you have to actually follow right, right. up with something. That I mean, that sounded like right. a five-year-old to me. You know, like she won't she won't follow me. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Just, just hit the trumpet. I am now right. your leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you don't right. need to do that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to exhibit it first. And and, that, and and to me, that's not even difficult. Like, I, it's funny about this advice I give people. Like, to me, I'm not asking you to do something hard, but I see a man drop his head, drop his shoulder. Like, oh, I got to do that. <laughs> like, this should be. <laughs> she want me to be a leader every day. You know what I'm saying? I had a guy one time tell me, man, I can't do it every day. I just can't lead every day. every day. I said, you know what? You go work. But look what I told him. I said, and you can respond for all in behalf of all women. I said, okay. Tell your wife what days she needs. So tell her you're going to lead on Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And she can lead on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I guarantee she you she's going to say, well, Tamara. She's going to do it. Okay, I got Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. No problem. She's like, I you got that, it. You don't boom. say a word. <laughs> you good. Don't, hey, don't make no plans on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't make no plans. I got just, just, I'm gonna lead on those days every week for the rest of our lives. I got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, dude. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And every time I say that to a man, they always agreed. Like, yeah, man, we can't tell her that. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, she still might be like, um, I did a better job on Monday, Wednesday, Friday than this Tuesday and Thursday. Hey, Tuesday and Thursday, be like, hey, can we, can we do this on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> you get yeah. it when I'm in control. Yeah. The way we trying to paint this right now, what the, you, know, you know what? Let's can we can this decision wait till you know? Friday? Can it just? <laughs> that's that's what I have. Exactly right. But okay, so you didn't just leave the women out. You have questions for them as well. Um, and we're gonna start with the first one. Skipping the drum roll since you no, got no, no budget for a real one. Um, <laughs> question one. Where is this relationship going? I love this one. I love this one. So, <laughs> are you loving it because you asked no, that question before? I was not that chick. I was not. I, I, somehow, okay, and I, I don't know how, but somehow I always knew if you had to ask, you ain't going nowhere. So, your point is: When was the last time that you were going somewhere and you didn't know where you were going? The relationship is not going anywhere. You don't have to ask to know. You know that that's already, you know that already, and that's why you're asking. <laughs> you don't have to ask to know, and you know that already, and that's why you're asking. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, I don't want to make jokes about women. It's sad because there's somebody asking that right now. Somebody listen to the podcast right now, like, damn, I just asked that question. Well, I mean, and I think this goes back to the leadership of a man. I mean, women are are looking in a lot of instances for the man to lead. And in some way, shape or form, he generally is. It's just not the way you want to go. So 
he's getting what he wants. The relationship is going in the direction he's wanting it to go, or it's not going in any direction because that's what he wants. And so your question is supposed to prompt him to all of a sudden want to go somewhere. It's not. <laughs> it's it's not. not. It is not going to change anything. He, he never like, oh, I never thought about it like that before. No, <laughs> it's no. not. It's, it's not, not. going to be, I never thought about it like that before. He's like, okay, so when you ask where's the relationship going, his first thought is, oh, man. <laughs> that, that's a whole thought Tamara that's a statement oh man <laughs> and we write the script that's what they were saying where's this relationship going and then you say oh man <laughs> man why you want to go somewhere you know so then he's just trying to wiggle his way out but at the end of the day if you feel like you have to ask where the relationship is going get out just Don't. leave. Just be out. Just bounce. Just, just and I, I'm not saying run. I'm saying we have a conversation where you say, "Hey, I don't like the direction of the relationship. We're not progressing at the rate I would like to progress, and I don't want to put no pressure on you. You do you. I'm gonna do me. Exactly. I'm out. Exactly. And if he really wants you, he'll come get you. He'll come find you. I've yes. done that before. Okay. So next question: At what point? Do you think you will be ready for a commitment? <laughs> it does not matter <laughs> when he is going to be ready because you are ready now. Chances are he won't be ready for a relationship until you are ready to be single. Did I, did I make that too That's simple? Real. That is, is that? absolutely real. <laughs> Meaning you're going to be sick and tired and tired of being sick, you know, and you just decide that, hey, I'm done yeah. here. Um, and that, that goes back yeah, to what you were just saying previously. Like, um, if he's not ready, move on. And then if he wants to find you, he'll find you. Otherwise, you just lost some dead weight that you did not need. And, and really, it's a question that puts all the power into the man's hands, which I, I try to stop women from doing that. Like, I try to, like, women so often that I work with, they, they, y'all, are, y'all are so beautiful in the way y'all are made and the way God created y'all to really be our supporters, our ribs, you know, our eaves. And so it just it's just tough on women. I get it. But you cannot put all the power of the relationship in the hands of somebody who doesn't want to have okay, a relationship. Okay, we keep having this conversation. I don't think you're hearing it. We <laughs> are not made to protect ourselves from someone that we love. And so at the end of the day, I think, you know, when you're saying it puts all the power in the man's hands, nine times out of 10, all the power was already there. Which is yeah, the So when you get to the point as a woman where you feel like you need to ask these questions, you need to take all the power and roll on. That's the key. That's when you. That, that's why I listed the questions. Make sure you go find the article on the website on stephenjamesdixon.com. Tell me, go edit some stuff. She said some grandma <laughs> stuff in there. That she I'm not claiming all the mistakes in this article. Don't be messing with your <laughs> professional editing side <laughs> hustle. <laughs> at what point do you think you'll be ready for? I mean, just think about that for a second, ladies who out there. At what point do you think you'll be ready for a commitment? At, at, like, at what point does a man feel like that's a question? Two thousand and eighteen. I actually said that to somebody one day. They was like, when will my, when will my husband show me respect? I was like, uh, Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's, you asking me a random ass question, I'm going to give you a random answer. Like, 
you can't, you can't, you, you got to just know. You, and if you don't know, you got to get help. Relationships are for grown people. It's grown, grown up. Yeah. If you're not no grown up, you can't be in yeah, no relationship. and I want to put a caveat in here. Like, we laughing and joking and playing, but I know as a woman, I went through a whole lot of stuff um, when I was single and, and a lot of the same games that men play. So, like, we're laughing and joking about it, but is somebody seriously going through this? And your answer is to take your power back and walk away. Uh, thank you for saying that because yeah, we we started laughing a little bit too much. <laughs> and, and and not, I mean, like I understand being in this situation. And I understand that it is serious for some people, but um, you know, we're trying to be light here. But the reality is that women, you need to respect yourself first. What's funny? Wait, I know you're ready to move. Um, that was funny about it. I don't know, funny. Well, whatever. What's unique, I guess, about this question or these questions are some of these questions you have asked men and some of these questions I have fielded. And so I'm giving you the response. When a woman asked me this question, it was never really. As a matter of fact, my wife asked me a question like this before. Right. We were dating and she said, where is this relationship going? And I was like, what do you mean? Where are we going? I think we're good. I think what we have right here is perfect. And she got up and walked off. And I remember sitting there saying to myself. Like, that's what she did. And I, I, and I tell people I, I married the woman I respected. And so when she walked off, I sit there for a second, like, like this was premeditated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, she came here today to break up with me. And she is now leaving, even though I gave her a reasonable response. She doesn't believe my response. <laughs> therefore, she's out. And, there you go. and I had to go chase that woman down, okay. man. Like you said, I chased but, it down. I mean, so we can actually add a little disclaimer to that previous question. Then if you don't ask that question, you need to have your response. Yes. If you go ask that question, you need to be ready to leave. If you don't like the answer or if you don't believe, <clears throat> don't ask questions that you're not prepared to get the answer for. Or like I said, if you don't believe it's time to leave, if you have to ask that question, it's probably. Or, over, yeah, like said, I mean, that's true. But I mean, I, I think I would say don't ask a question. Um, that you are not prepared to act on. So um, (laughs) it made me think about the Braxton's and Tamar Braxton, who was like, if you're not going to do nothing about your man cheating, don't ask him about it. Mm, Yes, she was like, if you're not going to do nothing, then let him cheat in peace. That was her exact words. (laughs) She said, don't fuss and fight over it if you ain't going to do nothing about it. Yes. Okay, so next question. What made you choose her? Why her? Who is she? He chose her because he knew that you would wait on him while he was with her. She wouldn't wait. He is also with her because she is not the type of woman to ask questions like this. You know what? I'm going to share a story one time um, just to show you how how gangsta I was, how hard I was, how much of a player I was, a real player for my fellas. Let me hold it down for the (sighs) fellas. Get off this whole relationship, you know, coach thing for a minute. Just be a regular dude. Heist to get down. Why I can keep it 100 with all the honeys out there, right? So what happened was, what had happened? That was too much of an intro for us. Yeah. What had happened was, I was dating a woman and we were out one day and she said, hey, I want you to know that I'm not dating anyone else. I'm only dating you. And I really like you. And I really want to see where this goes. And um, she said, well, so what, what about you? Are you dating anyone else? And I looked her right in the eye and I said, yes, I'm dating six other people. Um, oh my gosh. Three live out of town. Three live in town. Um, one from out of town is coming to town this weekend. 
<laughs> wow. And she said, she's coming to town for what this weekend? I was like, she's coming to town to see me. And she said, where is she staying? I said, she's staying at my house. I wish you could like see my face right now. <laughs> see? And, and, and she was, you should have saw her face. Her face probably just like your face. Well, her face probably <laughs> worse and she was cute too and so Aww. but uh and, and, and she was cute um well accomplished um was a homeowner um had good money all that attractive woman but i didn't respect her so i couldn't be with her and once i told her that and she accepted it i knew i couldn't be with her after that she just sat there and was kind of disappointed the rest of the night. But see, she started out well because I was really actually thinking bravo to her for saying, "Hey, this is how I feel and this is where I am. Where are you?" Um, but when you say I got six other chicks, then okay, cool, bye. We're dating. You know what I'm saying? And 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 she should have said we're cool, bye, simply because she was ready for a relationship, which is what we just said. Exactly. She couldn't do. You it. obviously was not. No, I wasn't. I was I'm not, not not really. Not at that time. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is real. I also I didn't think we were done talking about this. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. My bad. So that was good stuff. Um, now we're gonna move on. So what do we have in a relationship couch? You know what? Um, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, no, we're not asking me questions. I'm asking you questions. <laughs> How you going? All right. What you got? What you got? Okay. You laughing too hard. You laughing way too hard at that. Well, uh, yeah, no. This ain't about asking me questions. <laughs> what is the most difficult thing to discuss in your relationship coaching when a couple comes to you for help? Hmm. The most difficult thing to discuss. The most difficult thing to discuss is weight loss. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. Okay, so why is weight loss more difficult than like infidelity or money or, you know, blended families, uh, real issues? With the other issues, we know who is wrong, right? If somebody was cheating, that person was wrong. Um, if somebody's spending all the money, we know who spent the money. Um, you know, like, but with, but with weight loss, what happens is, okay, we about to be so real. I'm so glad we about to run out of time because this okay. is one of those ones. This is one of those ones I would just get into more and more trouble as we talked. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> All right. So we're going to limit your time. Right. And so um, what happens is we have women and men that get married and women have children and they naturally gain weight to be able to produce these amazing children that men cannot do. We can't you know, procreate or okay. whatever you want to do. We can't do okay. it. But don't and make so, this just a woman issue. You know, that's two-sided. Men gain weight. Yes. Yes, I absolutely. Right. And so, but for me, the way I approach weight loss, a way I approach, I approach weight loss the same way I approach everything else. Let me just say what I do. And so, if a husband comes to me and says, or a wife, I've had, I've had women too say that my husband's picked up weight and he's lazy and he don't bath enough. And okay. So this tired. is just a side note, but, um, I never, I was always amazed by Donna Richards and Tom Joyner. Like I had to be just calling people out. But, <laughs> like she was so into fitness and she got with him and he lost all that weight and then he just gained it all back. They divorced. Yeah. <laughs> and so but what i try to tell people about weight loss is i treat weight loss the same way i treat any other issue in a marriage so if i could tell a man hey you need to learn how to be more affectionate 
Or I could tell a woman, hey, you need to learn how to balance a budget. Or I could tell a man, hey, you need to cook more often. Or I can tell a woman, hey, you need to clean more often. Then I can also tell a spouse, you need to lose weight. And we have this whole thing where don't talk about weight and love me however I am. And that's unconditional. And you should love me no matter what. What are you talking about? Like, that's unrealistic. That is not real. Yeah, we got to have sex. We got to have sex. I got to be attracted to you. I got to spend my whole life with you. And you want me to be, you're not who you was when I married you. And you want me to love somebody different? Like, 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 I'm not saying well, all my okay. love is. Okay. I, I would have to stop you there because yes, that is what marriage is. Because honestly, when you get married at 20, you are a different person at 40. Not even just physically. I'm talking period. You are a different person. So yes, you are required to marry, to, to love somebody different. Right. And so, but my point is, is that we should always be willing to improve whatever we have to in our marriage. Improve. Like, I'm not trying to tell some woman, you need to lose four sizes or something like that or whatever. Just, we need, we should all be willing to work. Be your best self. Be your best self. Do your best. Be your best for your spouse. Be your best. You know, I, I, I told, right. I told a man, a man told me recently, he said, man, I'm just not that affectionate. I'm just not an affectionate dude. My family's not affectionate. My mom never really hugged me. My dad wasn't around. You know, she wanted me to be hugged up on her. And, and I'm supposed to be, I have to be able to say to him, hey, what is best for the marriage is that you learn how to be more affectionate. I don't accept no excuses. I don't have no, okay, well, if you was like this before the marriage, I don't do all that. And I'm always about what is best for the marriage. So some people say to me, well, what if they were overlate, overweight before the marriage? Okay, can you still be better? Is it yeah. possible for you to be better? Is it possible for you to get promoted on your job? Is I it possible? Say, though, if you okay, yes, but if you marry somebody and um, they were overweight or they were crazy or whatever, yeah, you were supposed to grow, but you you were attracted to them before. I don't. Things change. Um, it is what it is. Um, I'm not trying to say, you know, paint some picture. I don't believe that you should go kill yourself and do all these different things. Like, it, just be healthy. Just be. Just go in that direction. Just always trying to improve. I'm always trying to make more money for my family. I had to tell a man recently, you do not provide for your family. If I can tell a man you don't, you don't provide well enough, get a new job, pick up a new new skill, do something part time. If I could tell a man that, I could tell a woman you need to lose weight. Why it's got to be the women? You're right. I I just have more, you know, I have more of that with the women, right? And so, but again, to my ladies, I'm not trying to say kill yourself. It's not that. Just the healthiest way to lose weight is about two pounds a week. That's it. Well, I mean, okay. So first of all, that's not always easy for everybody, but... I would say focus on the be healthy. I am totally with you on that. Um, You know, if you're eating crap, stop eating crap. If you don't ever work out, you need to work out, you know, at least 30 minutes a day, three, four times a week. Um, And that's, you know, cardio, like hardcore or something. Um, But, you know, I would say focus on the be healthy. and and Right. And And that's a good correction, too, because it's not I'm not necessarily trying to say how much a person should weigh or what size a person should be. I'm saying that every time I've encountered this, the man would always say with me if she even worked out almost in every scenario, the woman didn't work out at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like she was trying to work out and she's not working out hard enough. I'm not going to support that. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like, like everybody got to do their best. You know what I'm saying? And so for me in marriage, I'm always open and available to trying to improve whatever I can to benefit the marriage. So I will tell a man in a heartbeat, get a new job. I will tell a, a you know, a woman in a heartbeat, you know, you're not balancing the budget, right? I tell a man, I had to tell a man the other day, Hey, you're not putting out, man. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not getting your head down in that box. I told a man, I said, you're not getting your head down in that box enough. That's why she married yeah, you. You're like, she loved that. You're not to get, I don't, I don't get emotional about the different things in a marriage. I fix all of them. I treat them all the same. You know why? Because a sin is a sin is a sin. Okay. So I think, um, you sum that all up by saying, be your best self for your spouse. Correct it. Ooh, there's going to be some ugly comments. <laughs> okay. So, and I, totally off subject. This has been bugging me because I'm just OCD and just really, really particular. But I want to correct myself. Um, a couple of episodes ago when I said Serena married that dude, um, they are engaged. So I just want to make that correction. Um, and then let's bring it back to this, this episode, be your best self for your spouse. Please be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast so you can be automatically alerted when we produce a new episode on iTunes, Spreaker.com, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Tell a friend, thank you for listening. Divorce is not an option podcast.